We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm Clay Link here with Todd Zola of Rotowire and Masters Ball. Great to be back with you. It's part of the regular rotation with the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Todd, back on Fridays. You can join us live if you get a chance. Otherwise, the podcast will be on its normal channels immediately afterward. We've been doing our thing over on MLB Network Radio for months now, Todd, but great to be back doing the pod with you. Yeah, great to hear that music. And I don't want to save the Rotowire saved the best for last. They certainly didn't save the best looking for last. But uh, it's it's great to be back here. And uh, I think the we'll best to, is first, maybe. We'll have ah uh, man, we'll have Jeff to struggle. Scott. They've they've crushed all week long. Well, James oh, been... crushed, James has crushed all season long. Yeah, James has crushed but, uh, all off season. Yeah, and this James pod had... with uh, Rob Silver yesterday, right? Right. And of course, you mentioned John and Scott, Jeff and Scott. You, you, you and Clay with the, you, you are Clay. So you and James are the prospect. <laughs> Everybody's back. Yeah, we got. I don't know. We got a lot to live up to here. So uh, let's see. Without two star pitchers, I hope we don't just you know hope there's not radio silence. Yeah, we'll have to figure something to talk about. I think yeah, no, we'll we'll figure it out, but. It is kind of this weird time where, you know, it seems like every time the players and the owners meet, there's like one step forward, two steps back. And uh, I know Rob and James were saying on the show yesterday, just for your own sanity, you know, a little bit of escapism. You got to just pretend like things are going to be normal. But as things progress, I'm thinking more and more that we're not going to have a full year. I, I hate to start this Friday show on a downer, Todd. I'm still thinking full year, but shortened spring training. Okay. So I, I mean, it's just, it's all speculation, but that's that's my hope, and I selfishly hope that that's the case because I get paid per game. But uh, you know, that's that's my problem, not yours, as it were. And um, you know, we'll see. I mean, the the news about the arbitrator and this that, and it, it's it's everybody with their own opinion to fit their own agenda. It's I they they. they it just makes too much sense to get it done. Just what I don't like. And I know I, what do I know? You know, what do I know? But instead of getting an offer, going back to the constituents and then counter, you know, talk about, you know, figure out what your high and low, you know, talk to your constituents, 
decide what the what you want and then decide what the worst case scenario is and then negotiate that issue. And if you have to combine issues, like we'll give you this, but if you give us that, okay, combine them. But enough of this. I mean, it's it's like it's like going on the on the site mechanism to make a trade. I send you an offer. We didn't talk about it. I just sent you an offer. Then you didn't like it. You countered with another offer. We didn't talk about the guys that we like or dislike. You just sent me you know, talk about the guys we'd like and dislike and get a trade done. That's all they need to do. It's easier said than done. Yeah, well, you know, my thinking on the start of the season kind of was going to lead into my first topic. I did want to first, though, mention that we are sponsored by WinBet. I don't know if I said that at the top of the show. Nope. So yet. I want to at least get that in. Um, but, yeah, my first topic was Ronald Acuna. Because as we kind of rewind back after, you know, we've talked a lot on MLB Network Radio, but as we kind of start back at square one on this podcast, thought we'd kind of start, start at the top of the player pool, talk about some general observations and the ways we're attacking our early drafts. But I did a mock the other night with CBS, that crew, you know, Scott White, Frank Stample and the bunch. Uh, Tim McLeod was in it. He took Ronald Acuna at nine. And again, I, I'll reference the uh, pod that James and Rob Silver did yesterday. Rob said that every day that the season is potentially delayed, Ronald Acuna's stock goes up. And uh, I haven't had him in the first round, but Tim McLeod took him ninth in this draft I did last night. And the more I'm thinking about it, Todd, I think I should bump Acuna up into the first round not to buy into those like you know BP videos but if my thinking is that this, the season may be shortened Acuna I think vaults back into that conversation right if that's the reason and that's fine because you need to you know you need to go with your how you feel in that regard I'm not looking I'm not looking at the video I love how people are uh, you know, jumping Acuna up and, and jumping, you know, based on BP, yeah, and Sixto, Sanchez, Sixto Sanchez, they're eliminating him from there, you know, because he threw, you know, kind of limply through a, you know, a, a throwing session. We really don't know, but yeah, I mean, it's not that the Acuna. I mean, it's promising. I'd rather see him doing that than than nothing. But sure. I, I, I'm still, I need to see. And the thing with Acuna for me is still, is he going to run? Not can he run? But will the team let him? Will he want to? And he needs those bags to warrant. You said nine. I've seen him originally as seven. His bag, I mean, all right, yeah, he, when you hit 270, you can hit 290. You can hit 300. You can also hit 240. So his, you know, his baseline is around 270, 275. You need the bags to be a first rounder with that batting average, or at least that expectation. So not that he's incapable, but we'll, we'll Milwaukee, I'm sorry. With Atlanta, just say you're too darn valuable. We don't want you running as much. I don't know. That's a possibility. I mean, they won the World Series without him, so you obviously they don't want to put themselves in that spot again. So it's been yeah. a big part of his game. I know he's said that he wants to be a 50 50 guy. Yeah, well, the intent has been there in the past, but such a major injury could, uh, you know, bring different things into focus and shift that thinking a little bit. Yeah. But as we rewind, you know, the conversation back to just general thoughts on the player pool, how, how things have broken down, early trends, um, the drafts you've done, any widespread takeaways that you want to share with us? Sure. Um, I've actually done a couple 12 team leagues, just the way it's worked out. And first of all, it's a weak spot of mine, and I don't like doing the Rotowire online uh, championship and just 
getting crushed by by people in it, especially when Rotowire puts the beat Todd name on it. So I wanted a little more practice in the 12 team leagues. So I've done a couple of those. And I've also done some 15s because we get TGFBI coming up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Man, the player pools are different. You can you can make mistakes. I don't want to say make mistakes, but you can, you know, punt, not so much punt, but you can wait on this and wait on that. And you can find it in the 12 teamers. 15 teamers, you're 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 pretty much you're you're hoping that you draft Devin Williams in the 22nd and the hater gets traded. So stuff like that. Whereas in the twelve team, it's just that's 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 the sweet spot of the difference in player pools, where you know you can, all right, you can take a second baseman in the nineteenth and end up with you know a good second baseman. We can't do that in the fifteenth. It's just such a difference in in player pools. Um, that's very that, true. I, oh, I yeah. saw that again last night doing a fifteen team. It's yeah. the the bench spots and even the final oh. active spots are pretty hairy. Yeah, I'm doing a fifteen team league. I tweeted about this last night too. Is I think it was like the 16th round. I'm like, wow, there's some, some good hitters left. And when when that's the case and, I, you know, no one stands out, I usually, you know, I'll take my catcher. So I took a catcher. Then in the 17th round, I'm like, where'd all the good hitters go? So that, that was kind of yeah. the drop. That was the hitting the inventory drives up in our end. Same on the pitching side. Yeah, I wish. Pitching I'm, pitching I'm a little bit more okay with. And one thing this year that I think is going to personally help me, you know, as far as the way I approach these drafts, I usually get stuck on a handful of pitchers in a 15 team league that I know these are the guys going to break out, but they shouldn't be drafted in 12 team leagues, but I draft them anyway. This year, they, the guys that I I like, the guys I feel that way about should be drafted in 12 team leagues. So I'm not going to get caught. I'm not going to, you know, try to get too cute in the 12s. The pitchers do overlap a bit. So that's, that's a good thing. Third base. I mean, I wrote, I wrote, wrote about this on the site. For those subscribers or those that want to check it out, uh, rotowire.com slash uh, free, I did a player pool analysis. Uh, third base. Wow. It's oh uh, it's it's weak in quality and quantity. And I don't think you need to push up a guy to get one. I don't think you need to. I think at some point there will be somebody at that draft spot worthy of it, especially because – as you get further in the draft, the, the delta between players is you know, nothing. So you can push a guy up ten or twelve spots, and he's the same as as the guy at the top of the list. Um, and I'm not I'm not pushing up a uh, Manny Machado or Rafael Devers to get a third baseman, but sure, Ty Ty goes to the third baseman. It's just it's not nearly as strong. There's not as many multiple eligibility players at the position, and it's just not a whole lot of players there. Yeah, third base has gotten real thin in a hurry. It used to be one of the more fruitful positions in fantasy baseball, yep. but uh, it's it's a tough one to navigate. Yeah, if you don't get Jose Ramirez in the first, you, you got to have a plan to attack that one. Meanwhile, shortstop went from one of the thinnest positions in baseball 10 years ago to now one of the, the richest, obviously, and the closer inflation we're seeing early on. Now, granted... The uh, draft champions ADP is what you're mostly going to be seeing when you visit the uh, NFBC ADP. Play NFFC, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, play NFBC.com slash ADP to check it out for yourself. Uh, so you have to keep that in mind that these leagues that are drafting, a lot of them, they have no in-season pickups. So a lot of people want to secure those saves early. But as we've talked about, Todd, that you know, as we get closer to the start of the season, we in theory have more knowledge about you know security and roles where guys stand 
even when that happens, I, I still don't see the the inflation dropping on and the, the prices on these closers dropping. Everybody thinks it's going to drop in the main event because there's fab pickups. They don't. That's just not how it works. Closers continue to be inflated in the NFBC main event. I'm one of the few on the other end of the argument that I'm not buying. I'm not so much not so much buying in. I'm not getting sucked into paying the premium for the top closers. Uh, I'll get a little bit, you know, math, mathy nerdy for you. And the, on the first pod back, you can, there's an expected earnings, right? The dollar value calculator on the site, you know, whoever you want to use, you can get an anticipated earnings for the closers. And then what you can do is you can take their ADP and you can look at historically what that draft spot earns, right? You know, based upon uh, previous years and final numbers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'll say I'll, I'll I'll you know I'll cut out the middleman. This is some you know, Julia Childs and the bet and the bread's already baked. The number I, I ran the numbers. You're over you know air quote overpaying five to seven dollars for a closer, be it at the top or be it you know in the middle to the end. That it's it's somewhere between five and seven dollars that you're overpaying. So now the decision is, do you want to overpay at the top? Do you want to overpay at the you know in the middle and bottom? You, you're gonna you're you're gonna overpay for a closer relative to what their air quote worth. Where you where do you decide to make that investment? Keeping in mind that some of that earnings is ratio and strikeouts. So the haters and the Hendricks, it's not all saves. You're getting better ratios, better more strikeouts, and it matters. You can get up to five more points if uh, if those guys do what they're what they're expected to do versus the average closer uh that's just that's that's it in strikeouts ratios you know whip an era you can get up to five more points as compared to an average closer you know you can get even more compared to a below average closer so that they matter so you have to make your decision you know do you want to overpay at the top i'm deciding to overpay on joe barlow and, and andrew kittridge and david bednar and, and that range there because I just that, that I'm more comfortable doing that, and then getting my starting pitcher or getting my uh, bats in the second to fifth round where these other guys are going. It's just what I'm doing, and I think it can be done. And I think what people are, I think what people are overlooking, and we've I've written about this, I talked about this on the site. Uh, you don't need, you don't need all the saves that people are are, are talking about. You only need about fifty to sixty. So, I mean, they're not they're not a lot there, but to compete in a DC, to compete in a draft championship, you only need 50 or 60 saves. I don't need to lock down 35 of them in the second round. Yeah, seeing some closers go in the second has been uh startling a little bit. Taken I've been taken aback. I know the great Phil Dussault, who had the greatest fantasy season ever, when he did his pod with James, said that some of the worst advice he's heard. Uh, this draft season would be, you know, like I'm just completely out on paying for for a top closer. Uh, and he made the point that it's all relative, and that is the case. And you're right that, you know, you're going to overpay at some stage. I, I'm with you, though. I just can't overpay at the very top. I mean, that second round, there's so many good players available. And it's right. just well, for but, building a team, I, I think that's the wrong way to go about it, personally, for yeah. this year. But, right. I mean, there are definitely different ways to go about baking the cake i just i i personally can't see myself paying at the very top um even though you know in some drafts you know i you know 
Liam Hendricks is still there, but I think in the very, you know, in the main events, the ultra competitive leagues, it's going to be tough. Jordan Romano was a guy I ended up in the, within the seventh round of that draft I did last night. 15 teams. So I was pretty happy with Romano. Where, where do you fall on Romano? Because uh, I know our guy Ryan Roof likes him a lot. Well, yeah, I, I've got tiers in my top tiers, Hader and Hendricks, Hendricks and Hader, whatever you want to put him in. I'm not going there. But then I've got a, I don't know, eight, seven or eight pitchers where I think they have the job and I think they're pretty solid. And Romano fits into that group. I know he's got some injury history, but I think with the conversion to reliever in you know full force, it's been a few years now, he may be one of those guys that loses the injury tab or injury uh, label the you know as he as he as he goes on so to me yeah, he's and he, he's in a range where what's it seventh eighth round at this point probably fifth or sixth and i haven't paid attention but he would be kind of the first guy that i would consider before i get to the people guys that others aren't considering right i mean he's he's kind of the if he's in the seventh or eighth yeah i'll think about him I'm with you. Bednar, I do like. And then there's a guy who I took in the uh, 27th round. So we went 29 rounds, 15 teams. 27th round, I took him. Then Tim McLeod said, oh, I thought I could get him in the final round. Robert Suarez coming back. At the time in the chat, I said, you know, I got you got to think he's got a chance to see the uh, the bulk of the saves there in San Diego. And uh, Tim McLeod went a step further and said, I think he's the favorite after what he did overseas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim said he can come close to triple digits, which I didn't even realize. Yep. Um, he's 30 years old. Again, uh, most of his success overseas, but not coming back. What do you think? Is Suarez kind of a forgotten man right now in drafts? I don't know if he's so much forgotten because he wasn't around. I think he's, yeah, an, he's an unknown. And yes, no, I, I, I'm with Tim. Tim and I were in a draft together. Two, we've done two drafts recently together, and uh, you know we, we were commenting back and forth on Suarez. I think one we I got him in one, he got him in the other, but we knew each other wanted him, so we pushed him up a little bit. Uh, what is there? There's Louis, the, the other Louis Garcia, Drew, Drew Pomeranz, uh, is Pagan still there? So yeah. there's definitely competition, but I don't think I don't think they signed. I don't think I think they signed Suarez with at least an opportunity to win the job. And that's they a, let Melanson walk. I mean, right, right, yeah. right, exactly. And that's that's a pretty pretty prime job. So I mean, you know, example you mentioned where you're getting your guys. So I'm doing a 15 team. I needed to put my money where my mouth is, so to speak. If I'm going to be out here saying I'm waiting on closers, I'm waiting on closers. I needed to to test drive it. I needed to see what what happens. So I'm doing a in the you know slow 15 team DC, and I ended up with the Barlow boys. In the I think tenth and eleventh rounds, something like that. Um, maybe yeah, ten, I think tenth and eleventh round. People, well, you know, you've jumped Joe Barlow up a couple rounds. Why don't you jump up Liam Hendricks? I'm just more comfortable doing that. And I followed it up in a, later on with Devin Williams, who our colleague and friend Derek Van Riper has been pushing as a possible closer because of the potential of a Josh Hader trade. And Williams, you can use in this league anyway. So I'm fine with the Barlow boys and Williams, and I'm well, obviously when, and I'll I'll get some more speculative closers. I wanted Andrew Kitchens because I love him for this because everybody he's no one's drafted him because he's not going to get 35 saves. I only need 15 or 20. 
and he's going to pitch well. Uh, someone scooped me on him on, on Kittredge in this league. So I think it can be done. I like the rest of my team. I think it can be done. Um, 12 team, it can definitely be done waiting on closers. So we'll, you know, we'll just have to see, but um, you know, I got Louis Robert in the second and Xander Bogarts in the third, as opposed to jumping up a closers. So I, you know, I got my speed. I got some speed with Robert to pair, to pair with Kyle Tucker. So I've got the speed, you know, so one of the things you're giving up is speed or a starting pitcher when you draft early. And I, I like my starting pitching. So we'll see how it goes. Absolutely. Well, before we move on, we have to take a quick break through to a word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now we are back on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, sponsored by WinBet. Clay Link here with Todd Zola, kind of uh, resetting here on this Friday morning, getting uh, touching on some general draft trends, early thoughts on the player pool, things we've noticed, how we're attacking things. And Todd, one thing you've mentioned is, uh, you know, a lot of guys having eligibility at second base and then other positions as well, and with the depth at shortstop, maybe you know, moving a guy like Trey Turner, if you get him in the first to second base and then opening up some uh, other opportunities. And that's actually what I did uh, last night, moving Turner to second base, allowing me to get Frankie Lindor and then also Willie Adamas. So it's just so fruitful in the middle infield. And I feel like you this year more than ever, you probably need to be paying attention in draft and moving guys around on your roster. Yeah, I'm looking at the team that I was kind of talking about. And 
with all the multiple eligibility players that are out there, I don't I don't have any. You almost have to purposely plan that, right? I mean, yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I think one reason might be is because I think people are pushing them up a board, and I'm not. And I think other guys might be falling to me because they're they're putting a priority, a premium, on the multiple eligibility guys. I did get uh, Joey Wendell as my Anthony Anthony Rendon hedge, but that was like in the 17th or 18th or 19th round. But um, you know the other the, the the examples I gave in the piece and the site was. Imagine 10 years ago saying that Fernando Tatis Jr., they're the equivalent thereof, and Chris Bryant should be put in the outfield when you're drafting and not shortstop or third base as they you know, where they're also eligible. I would have been canceled. You guys would have fired me on the spot. ESPN would be looking for new person to do projections. But now it to me it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Outfield is thin. And if you you know draft Tatis. And like you like you mentioned, uh, picking up Lindor. If 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 Bogarts or you know Lindor or, or another shortstop, wow, he's at the top of my board. But I've got Tatis. Well, move Tatis to the outfield. It's mm-hmm. pretty simple. So it, who would have you know again? Who would have thought that ten years ago? But um, I, I'm I'm actually kind of nervous about this team now because I've got Nelson Cruz on it, and I don't have a lot of eligibility. So I'm gonna when we're done and, and I reset my queue for. The next picks, I'm going to try to get some multiple eligibility in the reserves, because when you got Cruz, you know that just blocks a spot even more. You know, I hope that Bogarts and Jose Abreu and Gene Segura, some pretty steady players, don't get hurt. But you know, hope a lot of things that don't occur. Yeah, that's <laughs> you go into the things, the season, hoping and praying, <laughs> and inevitably. You're going to well, be just half well, your team wiped out at certain points. Yeah, that, that kind of folds into the – we're talking about the closers and, and draft championship. A good argument, to be honest, for taking a closer early is there's much – I mean, the people that win the draft championship, they, they're really good players. You know, they, 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 they destroy me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But there's some attrition to it as well. So you can argue that in the draft championship – with, with the, the way it's so much about attrition that you can afford to give up a some, some some stuff at the top, be it a pitcher or a hitter, and just make it up by drafting healthy players, elgi- multiple eligibility players. So it's not, I mean, you, you can make up whatever you lose by taking Hendricks in the second. I, yes, it is. It's a, it's a counter to my own argument. Um, so I, you know, I'm not going to say that's wrong. I think, it's, I think it is an argument for it. I'm still not taking you know, uh, Classe in the third round. Yeah, I know James likes Classe, and the stuff is great. I just oh, I like him, I, but I, I don't like him third round. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not paying. What I should say, I'm not paying the five dollar premium on Classe, where I'll pay it. You know, I paid it on Joe Barlow. I happen to think Scott Barlow is going to get the job, and I happen to think Joe Barlow may not start with the job with Texas. But to me, he's the, the the most highly skilled of their relievers, so I'm good with it. It's just so hard to figure things out. But getting back to Nelson Cruz for a second, you, you don't think the uh, the cliff is here? You think he's got one more, mm-hmm. more decent year? Or was he just so once, cheap that you thought maybe? Once, yeah. Well, uh, how cheap was he? He was the, uh, again, 15-team league, 8, 12, 14th round. So is that cheap? I don't know. I mean, relative to how he normally does. And I know he tailed off in Tampa. Once the word came out that it's almost definitive that there'll be a DH in the National League, I said, I, I mean, I'm not worried now that, you know, he, he's going to find a job somewhere. 
And, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm a little, a little concerned that he didn't do well in Tampa, but Tampa is more than just a big park. The, the lighting, you know, there's some other factors that make Tampa such a hard place to hit. It's not just the, the dimensions. So just have to believe that Cruz is going to pick a, a good spot for himself. And again, it's a, well, this, I mean, this is a league I want to win. It's a, it's a draft champions. I'm mixing it up with another league. I'm doing a 12 team listener. Our friend, Kevin Hastings asked me to be in the, on the wire 12 team listener league. So I, uh, I, that, that I'm treating as much as it is for fun as I am, you know, that that's my test drive for the, for the Rotowire online championship, which I hope to do in a couple months or well, a month or whatever it might be. But um, yeah, Cruz, what do you say? 14th round? Is he on your, is he in your, is he on your, on your radar in the 14th and a 15 teamer? That's like, that's like pick 200, right? 200 to 210. You know, I was looking up when you were talking where he went in this draft I did last night. He went in the 10th round. That's too steep. 14th, maybe I'll be in, but I've ended up with like Fran Mil Reyes in, in most yeah. of my drafts so far. There you go. I just don't really see myself going after Cruz to fill that that DH spot. Plus, I mean, some of the other names that are still available then, there's a lot of good players still still there and trying to fill the my needs on the pitching side. Yeah. I just don't see myself uh, going that route because it did look like maybe Father Time had finally bit him. Man, yeah, either Father Time or just Tampa Time, one or the other. We'll see. Maybe both. Yeah, we'll that's see. true. Because he did that's well. True. He did well with Minnesota. Yeah, he did. So we'll I see. mean, that was yeah. not not very long ago. A guy I've mentioned that I'm completely out on is Adalberto Mondesi. He went in the eighth round. Probably see him going going higher in most drafts. Just don't see the playing time being there. Don't see him being a, a part time guy because that's what they've kind of said. Uh, it leads into the bigger question of how you're attacking speed, though. Is Mondesi a, a fallback option for you if you if you have to make up ground there? No, I, see, I don't. I'm not reading the same depth into the comments that you're reading into, which I, I don't think we actually know. Uh, I think part of what the comments is about being a you know, part-time player are just talking about the fact he's so injured. I think when Montesi's healthy, he will be playing. I think the question is how much he'll be healthy. But to me, especially because it's third base, and so oh, yeah, he gets steals from third. Well, if that's that's fine, but third base is so thin. I kind of want to do a little, not so much do better, but have a more stable player at the position so I don't have to worry about finding a replacement who's going to be terrible. When, when, when Montesi's hurt, who replaces him? So I, you know, especially now, especially if you need to replace steals, you know, there's no third baseman that's going to give you some steals. Mm-hmm. So it's it's more, you know, and I don't know that he's going to get shortstop. I don't think he's going to. Well, I don't, actually, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, with, with Bobby Witt, et cetera, how they plan things. So he is not on my radar. And uh, one of the reasons I'm not, I jumped Louis Robert up a bit in this draft, but I felt pairing him with Tucker, uh, I think I have the 11th pick, something like that. Pairing him with Tucker, um, I thought gave me, what, 40 steals maybe off the bat, 15 and 25, something like that. I thought it gave me a, a pretty decent foundation so that uh, I didn't, I mean, sure, you need to fill in later, but I thought it, I, I didn't mind getting 40 steals for my first two picks. Yeah, I think you you want to prioritize speed in those first few rounds and spread it around your roster. Just getting a guy like Mondesi and, and 
banking on steals from that guy is just a poor way to go about building your roster, in my opinion, especially because if he does go down, you know, and after you took him, you probably, you know, put speed on the back burner of the rest of the draft. You're just, you know, sinking yourself with, with a pick who, you know, isn't doing enough else with the speed to really carry his weight. I, well, yes, I agree. I think it's more of the injury. If, I, if I'm in a league where I just don't have speed yet, I am not at all averse to taking Miles Straw. With a, really? This year's Victor Robles, I don't, whatever, we go down that road. I think Straw is the way to balance out a Freddie Freeman, uh, J.D. Martinez, uh, Manny Machado type of start. I think, I think Straw's going to play. I think he's going to get on base, and I think he's going to run, and I think those are fairly safe steals. Um, defensively, we have one really detractor good. yesterday in Rob Silver, and one supporter today in Todd Zola. For miles, well, Strauss, I don't so think you, I, is it. I didn't. Did, did, is Rob detracting the production, or is he detracting the need to do that? Well, he he referenced um, Jeff Zimmerman and Tanner Bell's kind of like six fifty OPS rule. Where or maybe a seven fifty. Yeah, I think a seven fifty. Well, basically, if you're projected for you know seven fifty uh, OPS or lower, you have about a forty percent chance of losing your job. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, he. I guess he thinks that Miles Straw could very well. You know, there, there's always the question of like, well, who can they plug in? But there's always somebody when you're really struggling. Well, they've got Bradley Zimmer. They've got Oscar Machado. Machado. Yeah. So they have the replacements. Uh, maybe I just am a little more confident in straws holding the job. Now I'm not I'm not planning a strategy around it, mm-hmm. right? But all I'm saying is I'm not. I mean, I'll I'll, ta- I'll I'll go if I have to. If I'm forced to go down that road, I'll do it. I hear you. It's I, I took uh, Starling Marte in one of my drafts, but now I'm kind of leaning. Ugh, he, he's a, just a tough player to roster given the speed. Uh, strain he puts on the rest of your roster, but obviously the forty what seven that he stole last year is huge. Still know well, if he's going to be able to. You're, you're in your head. You're writing down thirty, right? You're not writing. Yeah, down you're not seven, right? yeah, yeah. Not even forty personally, but uh, I just wanted to mention a few things. You mentioned TGFBI earlier. Some probably roll their eyes, but happy TGFBI League announcement day, by the way, Todd. For those who celebrate. Uh, again, people, certain people have certain things to say about TGFBI, but I'm excited about it. It'll be fun. Uh, and also Dan Straley, you know, news is pretty much non-existent right now, right. but Dan Straley coming back to the States and with Finally. Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got to think maybe he gets a shot. Not, oh, a, sure. not somebody in, in traditional leagues, but maybe those draft and hold fiends who are on the clock, like right this second in the 40th round or so. Uh, maybe want to consider Dan Straley coming back. Got a quick pause real quick to bring a, a word from our sponsors here. Hope you'll bear with us and uh, stick around for the rest of the show. If there's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire. It's making good decisions and even more so making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcasts. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. 
Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette. Double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in eight states, Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Nevada. While, uh, or not Nevada, sorry. I said Nevada before, now Virginia. While rapidly expanding. Hopefully Nevada soon. Yeah, Nevada soon. Uh, hopefully. Uh, at WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to 500 bucks on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcasts. Also, experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is an exciting player prop fantasy contest. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up for Thrive Fantasy today and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you can claim your free Rotowire subscription. Visit rotowire.com slash thrive, deposit a minimum of $10, and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Bucks. Plan your first paid contest and receive a free six-month Rotowire sub. So, Todd, as we wrap things up today, I wanted to talk a little bit more about closers because we're going to have Ryan Roof on our show tomorrow on MLB Network Radio. He handles our closer grid over at Rotowire. He also has a new article up at the site, rotowire.com slash try for a 10-day trial on us. Uh, Closer Encounters is uh, the name of his article. I like that, especially as a fan of the, uh, the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind. As I, I, I smell an Erickson uh, <laughs> tie-in. He might, have had, he might have had something to do with it. I don't know exactly. But, um, yeah, Ryan's done a great job in his Closer Encounters article. He really goes deep on the position. I think he went like 60 deep at, at relief pitcher. And we'll talk with him about closers and waiting. Now, I just want to say... I took Lucas Sims in one of my early drafts. Now I'm kind of pivoting away and going more towards Luis Sessa in Cincinnati, just because he's the cheaper, cheaper of the two options. Uh, are you just staying away completely? Cause they've kind of gone the uh, Tampa Bay route when it comes to bullpen usage. Um, You know what? I need to do more research on that scenario. I just profiled Sessa the other day and I wasn't all that impressed. I mean, okay, but the strikeouts just aren't there. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. And, and I don't think the Reds, you know, are the Reds a candidate to sign Ian Kennedy, for instance? I'm not going to put it past them if they get him at the right price and then flip him at the deadline, put a dollar in a tip jar for, uh, you know, flip him at, the, say, deadline. Flip him at the deadline. Yeah. But um, I just, I don't, I'm not, I'm not as comfortable with that scenario. The difference between the Reds and the Rays you know, sorry for those Reds fans out there, but the Rays are doing it with good pitchers. Mm-hmm. The Reds, I think they're, they're, I don't know if it's a necessity, but the, the guys are hurt and or they're or they're underperforming. You know, the Sims and the players that they're using in the uh, in the in the committee. So it's it's not a it's it's not a place I'm looking. They should they should offer up some decent opportunities though, because my research shows that saves dovetail wins and they dovetail starter ERA. And I, I like their starters. I, so they should offer up some opportunities. Yeah, I like their starters more now, you know, since they abandoned that Suarez at short thing last year, uh, you know, and guys like Luis Castillo and 
Tyler Malley went on to have pretty good uh, runs after that. It was just kind of a, a joke that they were, you know, they just were putting those guys at a disadvantage by having Suarez at short. It was really yep. tough. Um, yeah, that is kind of a, a situation where it did seem at times last year, like David Bell kind of wanted to have that one option. At one time, he wanted TJ Antone, it seemed like. Uh, Amir Garrett, Sims. It, it did seem like maybe the uh, distribution of saves across the roster was more about just one guy not really taking the job and running with it, more so than David Bell's you know preference to spread things. Did he was, wasn't he a little uh, itchy with the with the finger there? That I mean, you're going to give up a home run, right? You're going to give up a you know. But he yeah. as soon as Garrett was time, horrible though early on. Well, that's true. I mean, it seemed to be the first time a guy faltered. He's moving on to the next guy. Where he didn't give him a chance to let him iron it out and get going, but you're right though, uh, it was pretty bad at the beginning. And I heard Jeff Erickson references. I actually, when he asked, I think maybe he asked Chris Liss or whoever he was hosting with, like who the Reds' leaders and saves were. And I, I watched every game last year, and I actually got, <laughs> I got one half of the question wrong. The Reds' leaders and saves weren't, you know, Amir Garrett and Lucas Sims. It was Heath Hembury. That was the one half of the question I got wrong, and though though I later remembered it, and Michael Givens. So it is really hard to project. Something. I would have guessed Hembury. I would. I forgot about Givens. Nice. Well, uh, looking at Ryan Roof's personal cl- uh, closer board here, he has Edwin Diaz third, behind Liam Hendricks, Josh Hader, and Rice Iglesias. Again, we'll get more of his thoughts on MLB Network Radio tomorrow if you can join us, but. Uh, Diaz at fourth seems a little, little too high for, for my taste. I just, you know, he's been a pretty good closer throughout his career, but it seems like the Mets are always looking to either give him a break from the role or, or upgrade or something. So I just, for some reason, new management, right. There's new yeah. manager in, in town. So you'd like, if he pitches the way he's supposed to, or the way he can, you'd like to think that uh Showalter will just leave him there, but we'll see. But that's, I, I mean, I have that same, Kind of like you know Willie's thinking about it because he's also been a bit inconsistent himself. So mm-hmm. I mean I put him in I, mean, I do you know I put him in you know tears or whatever. I you know Presley Iglesias Class A uh, Diaz to me and maybe Roldis uh, Chapman are kind of in that tier. Probably Jansen and Will Smith and Romano. Um, but yeah, I mean anywhere between third and sixth, and yeah, I, I think that's fine for Diaz. Uh, Ryan Roof has Jordan Romano fifth. Again, you can see these for yourself. No credit card required to check out the free 10-day sub. Rotowire.com slash try. Araldis uh, Chapman sixth. Class A seventh. Presley eighth. Will Smith nine. Kenley ten. And then Blake Trinan. You touching him? Uh, that's another one where I don't I don't trust it. I just I see them either bringing Jansen back or yeah. bringing somebody else in. Um. I'm 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 touching him at, at the right price. Um, he's a guy that I'm happy to use in a draft championship, anyway. So I'm I'm not averse to Trinan, but I think he's going a little bit earlier than uh, than than I'm willing to take when he doesn't have the job, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I you know I, I I'm I'm it's interesting. Did you say that Ryan's got Jansen in that that other tier? Yeah. He's got Jansen tenth. Yeah, so if he's got trying and similar, he must he must be under the impression or in his mind Jansen's going elsewhere. Yeah. 
There have been some rumors in recent days. Uh, angels linked to Jansen. Maybe the. Uh, I don't know if it was. Was that a rumor? Or was it was, that was a what speculation. It? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, was a speculation. I did see that floating around. Yeah. Um, don't know how I much legs. Yeah I, yeah. I, yeah. I don't see that. You know, to me, the other one is Kimbrell. Is, is will the White Sox trade Craig Kimbrell? Mm. And, you know, they brought in Kendall Graveman. So they're set up to deal with him, to deal, to deal with him, to deal him. And where does he go? And then how about you're talking about the Reds and it mixed up. What about the Cardinals? Where does where does mm. uh where does Ryan have I'm mean, I can look, I'm kind of just leading in so oh, you can say cool. it out loud. Where, where does Ryan have Gallegos? Right behind Trinan, so twelfth. So sandwich between Trinan and Kimbrell. Uh again, go back and listen to yesterday's pod if you get a chance. But Rob Silver said he's not touching Gallegos, and it, it does seem like a situation where yeah, everybody thinks it's Gallegos. Then on opening day, somebody else trotting out of the bullpen for the nine. The thing about it to me is Gallegos is really good, and I don't know why it's. I mean, I I, I kind of with Rob, which is why I don't have him in the solid with job tier. I've got him in the tier. If he has a job, I'm all, I'm all over him because he's really good. But Hicks and Reyes and who knows what else St. Louis does. So that's you know I I. I I don't mind Gallego if he if if the room is shy because they don't I mean I, I'll take him because I'll, I'll use him if he's not closing. Yeah, if, if Rob Silver's comments drive the price down, maybe I'll get back in on Gallegos. But I'm a little worried. I wanted to ask you who you got closing to start the season for your Red Sox. That may be a different answer than who leads the team in saves in 2022. But who do you got kicking things off as the Red Sox close? I have Barnes, but I'm, you know, I asked my percent, you know, confidence level. It's, it's not very, it's just, yeah. they, they paid him. It, the, the reasons are, and they're not, they're not that great. They, they paid him last year before stuff happened. And I think he will recover and become a good pitcher again. So I think, I think he, I think he's in the mix, whether he gets it or not, who's to say, cause there's still, I mean, what, you know, we're talking about the Red Sox, bringing in Michael Walker, bringing in Rich Hill, it's still up in the air with Garrett Whitlock and Tanner Houck do. And yeah. I don't know that Houck would be put into the closer role, but it wouldn't be shocking if Whitlock would. It'd be surprising because he can go multiple innings and you can tandem Houck and Whitlock with Waka with Hill. Although Hill's not a, I mean, Hill's a five, six inning guy. Um, that's all. He's not going to be more than that. But he's not like he's not like a three or four inning guy and get him out of there. He gives you five or six. Um, Waka could be the three or four, and you want to piggyback Hauk or something. So you know, and, and I, so I don't know. And I think it's you know it's, it's obviously going to be important. But um, I mean, my projections probably have Barnes leading the team, but I'm not drafting him. You know, I didn't plan on drafting Barnes either, but in this draft I did last night, he went all the way. I mean, he went 22nd round. I could see taking the chance because, yeah, they paid him. Things went south, and they didn't turn back to him to close after the walks and Homer spiked. But he was an all-star closer in the first half. And I think they'll at least try to get him back in a high-leverage role. Maybe not. Maybe it'll be the eighth. But I do think they'll want to recoup some value on that deal and lost, try to build him back up, build his confidence back up. Yeah, lost in all the lockout and everything else that's going on was 
MLB was planning on introducing a ball that was, you know, already more tacky. And that was the issue with Barnes was to pin. And I think I, I did some work and I don't know that it affected him as much as intuitively it did, but even so it could, you know, mess you up in the head. So, you know, that's kind of lost in all this is what ball are they going to use? You know, not, you know, what, not only when are they going to play, but what's the ball going to be like? So uh, we didn't even mention the DH shit today. Um, I mean, that is correct. We haven't. And uh, looks like we're going to have that, which is yep for us. Yep. Which is good. Uh, at least we know something, which I'm going to, I've been doing uh, two sets of pitching projections. I'm going to jettison my, my uh, no DH and an NL projections. It's going to cut my work down by a little bit, which is good. Matter of fact, next week on the site, I was going to do it this week, but my piece this week has just taken on a new life. Um, and I'm looking at spin rates and what happened. And I've got some, got some data. It's like, it's, it's cooler than it is helpful for, for fantasy, but I'm going to post it anyway. It'll be up tomorrow. I hope over, over the weekend. Um, but my ne- next week is going to be um, how to think about things without the NLDH, how numbers will adjust, what we have to do in our own minds to uh, adjust pitching rankings, et cetera, based upon the fact there'll be no DH. As we wind down here, I do want to just plug Jason Collette's Bold Prediction series, which has been running on the site. Great stuff there. Uh, you know who he has leading the Cubs in saves? Did you see that? No, I have not. Cody Hoyer. Well, I'd be, uh, I he's like the that. guy I've been saying. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. they got him, and I liked him. I liked the possibility down the stretch. I think he maybe did get a few save chances down the stretch. The strikeouts – Fell off the table with the Cubs, but that, I mean it's just a sample thing. I think the strike goes yeah. will be back, and I I do like that. I do like that call. I made a list for us to look at. I meant to put Hoyer on my favorite speculative plays, and that yeah, he belongs there. By the way, uh, Jeff Zimmerman's going to have an article coming to the site this weekend, looking at some of the unicorns in baseball. That'll be great. Also, James's top four hundred update. If you're listening to this, you've probably divin uh, divin. Dove deep. <laughs> I don't think Divin's a word. Um, probably already dove deep into that top 400, but I just want to plug some of the great stuff we have on the site. Of course, this offseason, Todd, we did uh, discontinue the magazine, but all that great content is still up on the site. We're still producing all that. And uh, definitely give our draft kit a shot if you do, if you are willing to uh, give us a 10 day, 10 day shot. And then if you decide at that point that you want to, commit and uh sign up for the site you can but at the 10 days when those run up run out we will not automatically charge you because we do not have that information anything else you want to get to on this show todd well we're on we're uh you can actually see us right so uh so, i just want to say they wrote a wrote made them with enough x's to get me one so emily you got this yeah nice yeah thinking about emily walden and uh, wishing her the best in her battle. Um, yeah, again, join us tomorrow if you can for MLB Network Radio. We'll have Ryan Roof on the show. Otherwise, we'll be back every Friday. And you know that Scott and Jeff will be back at the normal spot. I don't know if they're doing it Sunday night or Monday morning. Usually they do Sunday night. So I think it depends upon know. if one of the two of them has a football game to watch. <laughs> at this yeah, point, Jeff- it's only down to one of the two. Jeff's not used to having a game to watch at this point, but he, he finally <laughs> does. 
Well, thanks so much for the insight, Todd. Hope you'll join us the rest of the season. We'll be talking fantasy baseball here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, sponsored by WinBet.